Gil Shaham, welcome back to Pittsburgh. It's such a joy always to have you. When we talked last, it was by Zoom, and I think you were in your hotel room in London or something like that. Your Beethoven concerto had just come out, the Beethoven and Brahms with the Knights, so great, and it was a lovely conversation. But during the bad old pandemic, that's in the past, is it not? It, it seems to be, at least for, for live music. And uh, it, it seems to me that when, when, I, um, when I travel, when I see audiences and I see fellow musicians, people are so happy to be in concerts. Their musicians are so happy to play concerts. It's not that we took it for granted before, but uh, I feel like maybe now, maybe we, we appreciate how precious it all is, really. And the Beethoven Concerto, this is a holy of holies. So great. And you do some different things with it. Wow. <laughs> different things with the Beethoven Concerto. I couldn't get Maestro to hit loose lip sync ships. He said, I, it's going to be a surprise. You must come. <laughs> Will you give me a little bit of detail? I'll, I'll, we must probe this, Gilshan. <laughs> well, I don't know if, if, if they're so different. But, but I, you know, in my mind, I always think of that very first performance um, for which the piece was written. You know, Beethoven famously said, you know, I write a piece for a, you know, for a concert and then I never go back to it. I never um, look at it again. Although in the case of the violin concerto, he did revise it and, and made a piano version of it, you know. Um, this violin concerto was premiered um, with Franz Clement, the virtuoso violinist. And the story was that Beethoven wrote it very quickly. And the legend is that the ink was still drying on the pages of the musicians the morning of the concert. And, and Franz Clement was virtually sight reading the Beethoven concerto, if you can imagine, you know, at its premiere. And, uh, you know, he played the first movement, he played his own cadenza, they finished the first movement. Um, there was apparently a very successful ovation from the audience. And then Franz Clement turned to the audience and um, started doing his own improvisation, something about turning the violin upside down. We know this from the reviews, the reports at the time. He turned the violin upside down and improvised everything up just on one string or some crazy thing like this. And then they went back to play the second <laughs> and uh, third third movement. So we won't be doing that, but um, we're hoping to maybe be in that spirit, the spirit of that kind of music making. I was that Jimi Hendrix picked up his theatrical stuff from Clement. Yes. Isn't he playing the guitar behind his head and all that sort of stuff. Wow. So what are you going to do for a cadenza? Where did the tradition come of not always playing Beethoven's? Isn't there a Beethoven cadenza? And, you know, the, Beethoven wrote a cadenza to the piano version of this concerto. And um, Violinists Wolfgang Schneiderhan and others have tried to adapt those cadenza for solo violin. And we might try something um, similar that's maybe loosely based on, on Beethoven's cadenzas. But, but mostly I will be playing Fritz Chrysler's cadenzas. Um, Chrysler wrote really masterful cadenzas for, for the first movement and for the Eingang between the second and the third movement and for the third movement. So I'll be playing a lot of, a lot of those. Um, you know, I, I love Fritz Kreisler as a violinist, everything about him, but 
as especially as a composer, and I think these cadenzas may be some of his greatest masterpieces. Yeah, so I'm always happy to play those. Any other special features from you? Uh, tempi, any, anything you're doing a little bit differently here? Well, I, you know, I grew up hearing the piece much slower than how I play it these days. And, uh, you know, I, there came a point when, when I thought, you know, the A major cello sonata has the same rhythm, you know. You know, it's the same rhythm as Beethoven violin concerto. But in the cello sonata, Beethoven's very clear that he, um, he writes alla breve, you know, so he makes it clear that it's in two. And I do think the violin concerto is also meant to be in two. We don't have, um, we don't have metronome markings from Beethoven himself, but we do have metronome markings left to us from Czerny. Czerny, the great pianist who performed Beethoven's piano version of this same piece. And his markings are very fast. And it seems like the first movement um, does feel a la breve. And uh, in fact, he writes metronome marking 126, which is uh, interestingly is the same metronome marking that we associate with, uh, you know, a fast march, but in particular with the Marseillaise, you know, is thought of as quarter note equals 126. And uh, I do think there is something about the Beethoven violin concerto. Also, if you think, you know, it starts with, with drums, you know, it starts with a timpani. with a timpani and then winds, you know, so it does have this um, French revolutionary or, or um, military feel to it. And uh, yeah, so, so maybe we will be trying some of that. And, you know, ultimately, I guess my, my thought about the piece is that it's, it's, it tells an incredible story. And in very Beethovenian fashion, it, it, it has a conflict. You know, it's a battle between D minor and D major, you know. And like in the Fifth Symphony, it moves from the minor mode eventually to the major mode. And it's really from darkness into light. And that's what's so uplifting in, in that piece. And in the Beethoven violin concerto, maybe, maybe what happens is that this very military D minor stormy melody Maybe this melody transforms in the second movement to become something in, in a major mode. Actually, it's in G major, but, it, but just for the sake of uh, keeping it the same. You know, and again and again, you hear this with a set of variations. Every variation ends... find yourself wondering in that slow movement, which is really maybe the heart, you know, of, of the piece. Um, you know, even... You know, you, you wonder where are we going? And finally the answer comes. 
in D major, you know, maybe the most joyous of all the keys for Beethoven, the, the key of the Ode to Joy, and it comes in. And we have the uplifting rondo at the end. So great. Amazing. Love it. And mm. your concerto, uh, both the Brahms and the, and the uh, Beethoven with the Knights has gone down very well. Uh, terrific reviews for it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. They were wonderful. Yeah, they, it's a wonderful group, and we got to spend a lot of time together. And uh, yeah, we spent, it was really a dream. You know, we spent a lot of time with Brahms and a lot of time with Beethoven, a lot of time with, with each other. And um, yeah, it was very wonderful memories. It's me. surprising you didn't do it earlier. You'd done the Brahms with DG and Abato, but the Beethoven you'd not done before. Yes, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. You, you waited until you had it just right. Hmm. Oh, my. Well, we'll look forward to it uh, this evening and uh, over the weekend. But you also have a, a 360 concert where the audience is close to you with Mendelssohn and Bach on Saturday night. Yeah, just what, what an honor, what a privilege for me to join the amazing musicians of the, of the Pittsburgh Symphony. Um, you know, David is an amazing violinist. Um, and uh, Bill, this is our new concertmaster, David McCarroll. Yeah, David McCarroll is a brilliant, brilliant artist, and we'll be playing another of the great, great classics, the Bach Double Concerto, and um, and Bill Caballero, and um, and Rodrigo um, will be playing. We'll be doing the Brahms Horn Trio. So really, just a dream for me, a, privi a privilege to to be here and to be with these amazing musicians playing amazing music. Any other Gil Shaham news that I should know? Your travels, your recording plans, what you're up to this season? Well, I guess I just came out of uh, the studio. I was up at, at Bard um, playing with Leon Botstein and the Tone Orchestra, the orchestra now, T-O-N Orchestra, and we recorded three new pieces. You know, over the years, I've been very lucky and very honored that um, brilliant composers wrote pieces for me that I always wanted to record and didn't um, didn't get around to recording. So we recorded a new concerto by Scott Wheeler and a concerto by Avner Dorman and a concerto by Bright Cheng. And so that um, should be, that's now in post-production. I'm not sure when, pro probably this year or next year will come out. And I'll be going to the Virginia Symphony with Eric Jacobson again, and we'll record live um, the violin concertos of... Um, Dvořák and of um, Samuel Coleridge Taylor, two very beautiful pieces for solo violin and orchestra. Sounds great. And do you get to work with your sister very often, Orly? Not as much as we'd like, but yeah, we're hoping to do a lot in the future. Do I sometimes hear people saying Orly Shaham with the accent differently? Yeah, it, you know, I don't know because I never say <laughs> I never say it. I guess in Hebrew you would say Shahan, you know? So we, our family were originally Bronsteins, or, or Bronstein, right? Bronstein, that's something, I, I don't know how to say it. And uh, in Hebrew, you know, in the 60s, there was this uh, popular movement for people to Hebrewize their names. And so Bronstein, a brown stone, translates into Hebrew as Shahan. Mm -hmm. And, um, but many people say Shaham, Many people say Shaham. I don't know. I, I answer to both. I answer to all of them. 
But when you introduce yourself, one's name is very important. Yeah, I hardly ever do. I just say Gil. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> now, when David Robertson was here, he said that he loves working with you and your family, that uh, when the, the three of you get together, it's special. It, it really is our favorite thing to do. And I, I'm also so lucky to be married to violinist Adele Anthony. And uh, that, that's our favorite thing to do is when we get a chance and we, and we play something together. But it's very hard to make that work, you know, scheduling. Anybody who's ever tried to get their family together for a, you know, for a dinner knows it's just very hard to find scheduling and scheduling concerts. So, yeah, we, we're very lucky that um, we're able to do it, but we don't feel like we do it as often as we like to. And I'm so glad that you are part of the Pittsburgh family. All of your visits have been special, and you've toured with the orchestra. I remember running around with you in the basement of the Royal Albert Hall. Yes, I was just going to mention that. <laughs> where were you playing the Mendelssohn Concerto? There, I think it was television too. It was exciting. That's right at the proms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so many nice memories here. I remember the very first time I came here. It was Maestro Mazel, and we played the Prokofiev First Violin Concerto, and. Uh, he could not have been kinder to me. I was, you know, I was young. I, I don't remember how old, but maybe 19 or something like that. And I was very nervous. And every, everybody was just so kind and encouraging. And it was just all about the music and, and amazing music making. And so... Yeah. Yeah, I've been very, very lucky. To well, you are one of the brightest lights in classical music, and I got to go. It's time to wrap it up. But you said something when we sat down. I just wanted you to repeat it. You're feeling bullish about classical music. You're feeling good about the situation. You know, when I travel around, I see so many young people. When, when I go to music schools, um, they are bursting at the seams. They're, there's so many more applicants than they can accept and that's very heartening to see that uh, people are still so passionate about our art and i'm sure the empty seats post-pandemic will soon be filled again it's just going to take time people are still skittish after these last couple of years yeah i think that's right you you probably know more about this than i, know, I we're do all wondering but it's in the right direction i there, think there's i think there's still a lot of passion for for this art and um, yeah we're, we're lucky to be in it so lucky to see and hear you. All the best. To you too. Thanks.